Yeah, so I did kind of go after Motherland, Fort Salem, for its uh, very strong heteronormative nature. And I stand by everything that I said. But season one has come to an end. And I liked it. It was a very interesting show and a same but different take on a witchcraft supernatural romance thing. Supernatural drama, whatever we're going to call it. And I liked it. And I'd like to talk about it on today's episode of Project Shadow. Hello everyone, how are you doing today? My name is Charlie, you might know me better as sci-fi fantasy writer C.E. Dorset. And before we get started, I would like to say thank you to Kevlandia and Laura Wrights over on the YouTube who allowed me to do a uh, promo of Friday's show during their live stream and left the link up on the screen for the rest of the end card for the, you know, the whole end of it. So Thank you so much. Um, I didn't mean to promote the show. It's just there were a lot of writers in chat talking about how they were experiencing depression right now and how it was making it really hard for them to get their work done. And that's what I talked about on Friday's show and wanted to just say something about that. So thank you for doing that. That really, you probably don't think it mattered, but it meant a lot to me. So thank you, and welcome to anybody who found me that way. Hi! Alrighty, so, yeah, Motherland. This uh, Freeform show was interesting. It, it, it combined a lot of strange elements that in some ways worked together well and in other ways didn't. If you're new to my reviews, I will hold off on spoilers until I give you a warning just to try to give you a taste of what the show's about and what it did good, what it did bad, and things that need further discussion. So I, all in all, I have to say I did enjoy the show. I, I do wish that they had spent more time on the world building. We have several mentions of the session without any explanation as to what that is. We get to see a map of the United States that is very different from the modern map of the of the country and as somebody who has played around with alternate histories of the United States does not actually conform all that well to early colonial maps so there's a story there or should be a story there to explain for example Pennsylvania and some of the other places that you have on your map so, yeah, I, I wish they had done a better job explaining the world, especially um, General Adler. They, they did do their best to do the show-don't-tell version of it, and you do get a sense of how she is still around after 300 years, but you don't get a sense of why or why it was allowed, since 
magic exists, witches exist, but magic is under strict control and lockdown. The reveal at the end, I, I'm going to have to say worked. I, I figured it out a couple episodes back, but Brian, he didn't really gasp, but had a wah, wah, wah moment at the end. So it, it, it did appear to work. Um, I have to be very careful with that because especially for the writers who are listening, uh, when you spend all of your time thinking about plot and structure, you start seeing elements of plot and structure everywhere you go, and it ma it makes it very difficult for you to be surprised by a lot of stories. But it did work, and I'm hoping that it has a good payoff in Season 2. The characters were interesting. The internal politics of the world, I felt, again, going back to the world building, could have been fleshed out better than they were because the, the biggest problem that the show had is it, it, it half of it wanted to be kind of like a CW teen drama show, but at the same time it's at a set at a military Academy and they're dealing with a terrorist threat. That's doing a genocide against people. And the ending of that plot line, which I don't want to spoil yet. I, I don't feel worked as well as it could have, as well as the very final image of the season. <sighs> it, 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 it was very definitely a wah-wah, and one that almost didn't feel earned, but it didn't break the show. It didn't make the show not work anymore, and for the most part, it was, it was fine. The characters I, I came to really like. Ray is a very interesting character. They, they, they're, I try to keep this show clean because I do know that people listen to it in the office and have asked for me to keep it clean. So Abigail likes to call her a particular word that starts with an S and ends with bird that you feel like is either an inside joke from the writer in their family or just a phrase that they think is really, really funny, but it, 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 it feels odd and out of place in like a tongue in cheek way to be like, Hey, look, we can use cuss words on freeform now. Hey, because it, it, the first time she used it, it felt weird. The next time she used it, it still felt weird as she continued to use it, use it and turned it into a form, a term of endearment. It continued to feel weird. <laughs> so, okay. I'm, I'm going to roll with it, but it, it was strange. The love, the love story I found really interesting that we have two of them. One is a heterosexual cisgendered story that kind of veers into polyamory-ish a little bit. It was fine. The LGBT story is a centers around a lesbian couple. And it, it felt forced. It felt rushed. Again, I think this is a problem with a lot of modern TV where you only get 10 episodes, maybe. Oh, but it felt like it went really quickly and didn't have the impact that I wanted it to. Like, I get that Ray loves Scylla and Scylla loves Ray. But Scylla is a manipulative little monster lady. And... Yeah, I, I can't ship them the way the show wants me to. 
But then again, I don't think I'm in the target demographic for this show because I think I'm a little bit older than the target demographic of this show. But yeah, it, it, it feels like an abusive relationship in the making. But with that whole, she can get better. I know she's a monster who did terribly manipulative things, but there's still good in her. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's a thing. The minor characters were all interesting. This show pulled off one of the best um, red shirt deaths I've ever seen in a series. In that they actually seeded the character early enough in the season that we kind of got to know them a bit. So that by the time they're killed, we feel something. Which is rare. Usually those characters come in at the beginning of the episode and they're gone by the end. So that was good. You know, I didn't cry or anything, but I actually had an, oh no, you know, feeling like I was curious about that relationship and where it was going and oh, it's over now. So that worked really, really well. All in all, it was very tightly written, which is both a blessing and a curse because the show has to flip on a dime because of the format that it's in. So, oh, terrible, traumatic thing happens. Cry, cry, weepy, weep, 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 weep. But the next scene, we really need to be on our ball to do a thing, so we're just going to do that. <laughs> I don't fault the show, but a lot of that comes from trying to put a uh, teen drama romance series in, in the vein of like the Vampire Diaries or Charmed or th those kinds of legacies, those kinds of shows in the middle of a military academy, in the middle of a war <laughs> against a terrorist group that is doing such awful things that they have to put a suicide prevention hotline at the end of quite a few episodes of the season. Yeah, it's, it's the juxtaposition can be a bit much from time to time, but if you're willing to suspend your disbelief and just roll with it, it works. I, I do kind of hope that the show gets either a little bit more serious or a little bit more goofy in season two. Like I, I want it to pick a lane and I almost feel like this is an AB test season where they want to see where people want it to go. And they're kind of monitoring the interwebs to find out what people were attracted to. Personally, I would like to see the show get a bit more serious, but we'll see. Um, yeah, all in all, good show. If you're interested in these things and you are not triggered by mass suicides, because there are quite a few of them in this show. Yeah, it, it, it's worth a watch. It, it does try to be edgy for edgy's sake, but it never kind of goes over into the uncanny valley of just being truly bizarre. I don't think I can discuss anything more without going into spoilers. So if you have not seen season one of Motherland, Fort Salem, and you don't want to be spoiled about anything, go watch it and come back because <laughs> now's the time to go into spoilers. Yeah. Spoilers are incoming in five, four, three, two, one. So the idea that one of our main characters is a member of the Spree, okay, and she's the love interest of one of the other characters, okay, 
you know, drama, you, you need to have that sort of things, those sort of things. But they really did hold off on explaining to us who the Spree are and why they're called the Spree, because I guess because they go on killing sprees, because <laughs> that's the only thing that makes sense to me right now. And I don't like that explanation. Like, is it an acronym for something? I mean, they could have done, done this very subtly, like when they showed um, Petra's desk or Adler's desk, we could have seen something that said Spree, S-P-R-I or S-P-R-E, whatever they're spelling it, and had what it stood for on it, if it's an acronym, or it goes into the problem of world building, but the biggest problem is that the real secret enemy is the... Camarilla that gets little to no setup. I'm, I'm, I can't say completely no setup because we are told about the burning times and that there were burning times and that there were bad people. And the Camarilla is separate from the church. The show makes that quite clear that there was the church and there was the Camarilla. Adler is quite clear that she killed off all the members of the Camarilla. Except, oops, she didn't. Um, apparently. So, who are they? <laughs> I think I am meant to be sitting here going, Ooh, mystery, let's dig deeper into all this. But, you know, for right now, I, I am just... Yeah, I am just left wanting. I'm just left in this place where I don't know exactly what they're doing and why they're doing it and i want more information and that's a good thing the the lack of world building in a show like this often works against it to the point where i just don't care anymore because world building is like my thing i love 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 good world world building having said that the the, the little drips and drabs that we get is tantalizing and enough to pull me forward so I'm good with it. <laughs> you know, I'm fine with it. I, I, I can, I can keep going, I guess, but I, I do want more. And I hope that they give us more in future in some way, shape or form. That would be nice. That would be lovely. That would be wonderful. I don't think that we're going to get there. I, I, I would like for us to get there, but I, I just don't, I don't see it. We, we, we shall see. So that's number one. Number two, uh, okay, so magic is done through song. I like that. It actually adds for some of the really beautiful sequences in the show. And I like how it's just explained to us as they're learning to do the work. Um, I kind of like the idea that there are secret songs out there, a lot of which is because the seed sounds that they're using some of which are above and some are below human hearing, but they're still able to make them. So I like that. And that forms a very interesting plot line through the whole thing, though they do need to explain. And I feel like season two has been set up to do this, who the witches are and where they came from their interest in the people that they save, that the genocide is being done against. 
is fine. <laughs> you know, it, it's it, it's interesting. The characters are interesting. The plague that's been dispatched against them is interesting, but um, again, it, it's the show mashing two things together in a really compressed period of time so that while I can tell you a lot about the relationships between our three main characters and the other people that are on the base, including their love interests and what families and what have you, the bigger picture stuff, which matters a lot to understand even some of those relationships, I don't know enough about to really get into. So it, 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 it causes kind of a problem in me. And I don't know what to do about it. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I know what I have to do about it, and that's just wait for them to actually reveal more. But I, 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 as much as I want to say that they could have done the show differently, to tell the story that they ended up telling in the amount of time that they had to tell it, it is difficult for me to see how the show could be edited or re-edited or revised to put in all the information that I'm wanting without taking a lot out. They're, they're, this isn't Legacies that has long scenes with music playing in the background that could be condensed very easily so that we could fit more story in. It, it does really move beat to beat to beat to beat to beat to beat to beat. <clears throat> And I like the subplots that are laced throughout the series. So I don't want to see them take any of those out. But they've laid some seeds here that really needed better explanation. So Rael has power. That's nice. That's wonderful. It's special power. She's a different kind of witch. That's great. She doesn't understand her power. That's even more interesting. But then there's the whole mother mycelium thing, which is the name of the episode where she touches the weird mold stuff and doesn't tell anybody she touched the weird mold stuff and is thus able to heal the girl of the disease thingy. And it feels, it felt like, like a weird one-off episode until you get to the end and she and Abigail die. And then the black mold spores appear around them, and we see them walking into the distance, leaving a trail of mushrooms behind them. So she's the new mushroom princess, I guess. Yeah, I I know it's supposed to set up mysteries for season two, but if we would have had just a line of dialogue, a, something to explain to us what that weird thing was, because... Honestly, when I saw it, I, I made a bad joke to Brian. Oh, that's our thing from the Upside Down. And I don't know, maybe that's what they're doing with it. I, I don't know, but it, it reminded me of the strange goo on the wall in, in the early seasons of... Um, I just want to call it the Upside Down, Stranger Things. But apparently it's more important and more interesting than that. It, it, it's, it can't be easy with just 10 episodes to pull off a show in a setting as ambitious as this one. 
And I have to give them kudos for making me want more. Because that's, that's not an easy thing to do, especially with so much TV out there. So, congratulations. You did a good job. I really liked it. I need to understand what happened to Rael. Um, why is Gen Gen General Adler allowed to live by sacrificing people for her own longevity? That, that, that needs, that really needs some, like, justification. It really does. But other than that, yeah, I'm, f I'm fine with it. It was a really good, really entertaining show. Have you watched Motherland? I I'm assuming you did, because you got this far in the review. If you have, I would love to know what you think about it. You can also um, tell me any questions, comments, topics you'd like to hear discussed on the show. Down in the show notes, you'll find a link to the voice message system. Keep it short, keep it clean so I can use it on the show. I would love to hear from you. Especially because I'm, I'm almost into the show enough to do a podcast dedicated to it. It's one of the weird podcasty things that I'm thinking about doing. Because I have a lot of questions and a lot of things that I'd like to go into. So let me know if you'd be interested in that. But yeah. Okay, so... If you'd rather, hit me up on social media, I'm C. Dorset on both Twitter and Instagram, and you can find links to everything that I do over at projectshadow.com, including I finally got around to updating the page, so if you go to playlists, Project Shadow, I've got a list of all the uh, Spotify playlists there now for the uh, back episodes in their places. Not all of them, because, you know, I've, I've got over a thousand episodes, and it's taking me some time to find time <laughs> to go back and, you know, put everything into the playlist, but they're all right there. Um, yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> if you have any money that you can pass my way, it does help out a lot. Down in the show notes, you'll find a link to the, both listener support and my Patreon. Thank you to everybody who does that. It means the world to me. But if you don't have any money right now or you don't feel like giving, that's perfectly all right. Just... You know, if you know anybody you think would like this show or anything that I do, please share it with them. That helps out more than you know. I think that's it. Yeah. I've actually been writing again, which makes me very, very, very happy. So, yeah. And tomorrow is going to be a new review of a movie that I hadn't seen yet that came out last year. So, wait for that. <laughs> Sorry, I'm having a weird day. Until next time, be well, be safe, and don't forget to have the fun. Bye.